I greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless the name of the Lord that I can have this opportunity to share with you God's word. We delved into uh, the subtopic on advance and uh, arise on the main topic of advancing through adversity. And I bless the name of the Lord that I could come again. I promise that when I come today, by the grace of God, I'll be able to pick up from where I left. We were reading First Kings chapter 17, verses 8, and um, we are studying the life of Elijah, of, of Elijah, the prophet of God, during the time of famine, a time when the nation of Israel, God had declared a three and a half year drought and Elijah had to survive. He had to advance through that adversity as a prophet of God and God took him through st- different stages in the three year period. And I want us to begin with a word of prayer as we begin the service today. Father, we want to thank you for again a new opportunity to be together, to fellowship together with the saints, those that are members of part of the Destiny family and those who are our online family members in different parts of this world. I pray that Jehovah God, as we continue with the message this morning, you will truly speak and you will instruct, and you will guide, and you will direct, because that's what you do. And therefore, I pray that you will use me to the glory of your name, and that you will be glorified at the end of this message, because I am nothing without you, and the message is simply empty rhetoric without your anointing. And therefore, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will use me to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We ended this with the message on point one, on the, on, the, on the point one that I had brought out of three points on Elijah. You know, we are in First Kings chapter 17. I want us to read quickly so that we can again be able to reconnect. And if you are joining us for the first time, this is a continuation of a message that is already um, preached. And uh, I, I just want to read the scripture on First Kings chapter 17 so that I, I can bring you on board. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, verses 9, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. So I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. The Bible continues to say, So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called unto her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she went to get it, He called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And the woman testifies of her condition, just like you and me. If we are given a time to testify of what we are experiencing and going through right now, she stood up and told the servant of the Lord, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bean and a little oil in a jar, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, and that we may eat it and die. I want you to understand, the Bible continues to say, and Elijah said to her, do not fear. And today, I want to tell everybody who is watching or listening to me this morning, do not fear. There's a lot of fear that is being propagated by world governments and, 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 and experts and scientists and everybody else. And what amazes me is that people forget one simple fact. Christianity exists 
to introduce people not to a religion, but to introduce to people, people to introduce people to a relationship with the living God. A relation, a working day to day, hour by hour, minute by minute, to a relationship with the supernatural God and the God of the universe. And therefore, it is very important for every believer to know that it's not time to fear. Fear is being minted out. People are minting fear. The media is putting a lot of fear. It's, uh, the, the, the governments are warning people as if they're going to drop dead tomorrow. Scientists have their own day. They have had their day. I wish that we can give the, vo- the word of God. We can, as believers, as children of God, we can stand up and say, I am a child of God. I will take care of myself. But unless the Lord builds a city, those who build it, build it in vain. And unless the Lord watches of a city, the, the, the watchmen watch in vain. I wish the Christians can rebuke the spirit of fear. Take all the precautions. But realize that the one who watches over you is Jehovah God. But I tell you the truth that I was not lying to you before. I hate the way fear has taken over the place of faith. And I'm here today to defend the faith in a miracle and a supernatural God who watches over his people. So Elijah says to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make us a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterwards, take some for yourself and your son, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the Lord, the day the Lord sends rain on earth. Brethren, today, this is the scripture that I read last Sunday, and I want to continue. I read it today so that those who are not tuned in or they are not watching this telecast can understand what I'm talking about. I say the Lord had sent Elijah his prophet during the time of adversity. He sent him when the drought kicked him. When the drought kicked him, the Lord commanded his servant Elijah to go to River Kerith and drink from the brook, and the ravens were to feed him. In the morning, they were to bring him bread and meat, and in the evening, they were to bring bread and meat, and they did that faithfully. But as they continued enjoying everything going good, the goodness of the Lord, the masses of God, you know, he never expected that the very river that he depended on is going to dry. I I am repeating something I've said already. You know, he never expected that anything will go wrong. But God has a way out. I want to say today, there's an escape for the children of God. There's 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 an escape route or route for the children of God. And Elijah had an escape route. He was told you, I will feed you with rapids. But he never, nobody, God did not tell him that as he was busy enjoying the protection of God, the, the provision of God on that, God never prepared him for the reality that will come, that the possibility of that river that he depended on drying before his eyes. Just like today, I've said this over and over, and I'll repeat it until it gets into everybody's system. I understand what you are going through. 
I know, and I may not really feel everything that you are feeling. I know fathers are bewildered when they are worried about what to feed their family with or what to do. Business people, churches, church ministers like me and, many, and millions of others, members, leaders of households, single mothers and single fathers, orphans, street children, and the poor in our society, and the poor of the poorest. But today as I speak, I want you to understand as the river dried up, God had prepared a zera path. He had prepared a zera path for his servant. And I want to look at everybody's eye and say there's a zera path for you. Arise from the situation where you are and trust this God who is faithful and true because there's a zera path prepared for you. As the river dried up, so was the hand of God preparing a widow in the city of Zarephath. And uh, the Lord has something for you. I challenge those who are in business to look for something to do and trust the Lord to bless the work of your end and God to give you an idea, put an idea in your spirit or in your mind and pursue it. And I shared and I said, there are three things that I see in this text that things that Elijah could do. Number one, I said Elijah could have chosen to challenge God and mourn and wail and, 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 and get frustrated and vent his frustration on whatever he could find and refuse to move to Zerapath. And because he had fallen in love with the provision that came from the Raphans. And some of you, it is hard to move on. Some of you, it is hard for you to embrace anything else because you were like Elijah and every other person tuned into a system that worked for you. But the Lord has prepared a something else for you. When Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, he knew because he had gone to the bottom, the very bottom of the, of the sheep to hide from the presence of God, he thought this was it. This was the end of it. But he didn't know that even as he went down, down to the depths, that the hand of God still could reach him at the lowest point of his life. Some of you listening to me, you are at the lowest end of your life. You have hit the rock bottom. Your company is threatening to retrench people. And probably you have gotten wind that you are among the list of those that are going to be retrenched. Or you are already retrenched. Or you are already laid off. Or you are already, you know, the hacks is ready to kind of shut down the company. Or shut down the hotel franchise. Or the business or everything. And you don't know. You are right there like Jonah. You are at the depths of the ship. You are down there. I want you to know the hand of God the eyes of God saw where Jonah was hiding and the hand of God pulled him out of there because there was a well that was ready to swallow him and take him to the next. I feel 
read to tell you this morning that God has a way out. God has a way out. God has an escape route. God has something for you. He has something for you. It may not be big. It may not be big enough. It may not be just what you are used to. It may not be what took you to school or your area of expertise. But there is a well ready for you. And Elijah had three choices. And the first choice that I dealt with last Sunday is to stick to yesterday's instructions. To stick to yesterday's instructions and die of thirst. A bitter man. He had a choice to refuse to do nothing. He had a right, he had a choice to challenge God's new position. To go to Zarephath. After all, what fun is there as a prophet of God to go to live with a widow? While you are comfortable and you can be comfortable, or you are comfortable at the river Kareth. I took it down to Genesis 22 and showed you how God does not change. I brought you to the point of understanding Malachi 3.6 where the Lord says, I'm the Lord God and I change not. And I say it is true that the Lord doesn't change and will never change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But his methods and his ways of elevation changes. He reveals himself differently to people. And I say, the Lord could be speaking to you, but I don't know whether everybody is listening. What is the Lord leading you to do? What is the Lord telling you to do? Is the Lord speaking to you? And like Elijah, you are refusing to let go what you are used to? Are you staring at a dry riverbed and allowing your mind to play games on you or mind games on you on the idea that the Lord is giving you. Suppose Jonah refused. Suppose Jonah reasoned with his human mind that I can't. This is the safest place in the sheep. Getting out into the ocean is, the, is, is, is death. It's a death warrant. It's instant death. Suppose he allowed his mind to prevail. He would not have been swallowed by the well that the Lord had positioned for him to take him to Nineveh, his assignment, his place of assignment. I'm not trying to tell you to jump into the wells or the sharks in the ocean, trying to become the latest Jonah in the block, in the market, or in the country. They'll kill you. They'll swallow you. It is only at the instruction of the Lord. But today, I want to ask you, are you listening to what God is telling you? Or have you had so much negative stuff, you forgot that you are a child of God? He told the children of Israel, and I quote, Be still at the moment of the greatest adversity of their lives. When the, the Red Sea was before them, and the Egyptians were, I mean, were coming from behind them. They, they, they could not go to the right, they could not go to the left. There was death staring at them. The Lord tells them to be still and know that he is God. Are you, have you, are you afraid? Have you allowed fear to cripple your hearing capacity? The Lord is speaking. 
The Lord is willing to instruct you like he instructed Elijah. The voice of God was the survival of Elijah. And Elijah had to learn this. He had to learn that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I want us to, to bring this point home by going to chapter 19. Chapter 19. Chapter 19. Chapter 19 of First Kings. Mm-hmm. I want us to learn to read from verses 11 today because a lot of people are not listening. You are listening to the media. You are listening to your own mind. You are listening to your feelings. There's a lot of depression today. A lot of Christians are depressed just like the sinners who have no hope. A lot of believers are depressed because of what they have gone through and what they are going through. The difference is the word of the Lord. The Bible says Elijah had to learn this in chapter 19 a second time. He is discouraged like you and me. He is discouraged because Jezebel is after his head. Jezebel is after his head. Previously in chapter 18, he had caught fire from heaven. The prophet of God had seen one of the greatest affirmations to his ministry. He had been affirmed by God because Israel had turned away from God and started worshiping Baal, the, gods of, the, God, the God of Canaan, of the Canaanites who never knew God. He is... He challenges the king Ahab to go to Mount Carmel, and he gives the prophets of Burr, 450 of them, and 400 prophets of Asherah. 850 prophets, false prophets, are given a chance on top of the mountain to call upon their God and sacrifice to him. And the God who responds in fire or with fire is the God to be worshipped, and he gives them a chance. And the whole day, they cut themselves, they bleed, they dance, they shout, they jump and Baal has no answer and Elijah the prophet of God stands up before the children of Israel and the, and the king Ahab and he is entourage and he tells them he rebuilds the altar of the Lord that was broken down, something that we have to do today. That is a message for another day, we need to really make sure that we are on the side of God and that we are it is well between us and God, and it is well with us. We need to really, really, really take time and rebuild and really get in tune with God because these are difficult times. And what is going to keep us alive and surviving this is the voice of God. And he calls, he lifts his hands as a prophet before all Israel and the false prophets of Baal and Asherah and he calls on the God of Israel to answer by fire and to prove to the children of Israel that he is still God in the midst of this adversity. And fire comes from heaven. What a confirmation. What an affirmation to a minister, to a minister, to a prophet that he is the true prophet of God. 
but that great victory that God brought and God sends rain. But that, that victory came with consequences and Jezebel is after his neck and Elijah discouraged, wondering where God is in this. God, if you answered me, you honored me on the mountain, why are you not defending me on the valley? God, you have been faithful to me all this time. You have provided to me. I'm struggling today. God, you gave me this job. Why did I lose it? God, this country has been a wonderful place to live. Why do I feel like a foreigner, even not a UFO? Why has everything fallen apart? He is there and he runs away and he hides. In this chapter, if you read from the beginning of this chapter 19, you will discover Elijah, the prophet of God, who caught God and caught fire from heaven and came down and restored a whole backslidden nation of Israel back to God and brought rain to them upon the drought that he had called up, you will discover he was discouraged. Are you discouraged this morning? Are you discouraged this morning? I want to look at discouragement on its eye and tell discouragement. The spirit of discouragement is moving up and down, targeting the children of God, mocking their prayer, mocking their confession, mocking their belief, trying to tell them it won't work this time. Trying to shout at your mind and your soul and your spirit and tell you it won't work. It worked yesterday. As if God can answer by fire today and tomorrow he cannot answer. As if he's not the same God. There are a lot of voices. There are a lot of voices in people's minds. People are listening to a lot of voices. The devil is speaking Casting fear into our mind. Bringing a lot of fear into our hearts, into our minds. Our own human minds are speaking. They are shouting at us. They are yelling at us. Mocking our faith. Mocking our belief in the supernatural provision of God. Telling it won't work. Our eyes are telling us what they can see. Our ears are listening to what is going on. And our mouths, we have caught our mouths saying, I don't understand this anymore, and I don't know whether I'll survive it. Such defeatism, such discouragement is in the tongues of so many Christians today, and the Lord sent me today to tell you, he is seated on the throne. It is in this background that the Bible says it came to pass in chapter 19 and verses 11 of First Kings. It is when Elijah is at his lowest, like Jonah, he feels left alone. He feels lonely. He feels alone. He feels misunderstood. He feels exposed to the threat of Jezebel. He constantly touches his neck to see whether it is still there. Because Jezebel had promised that you cut it by evening. And here is the prophet of God. The mighty prophet of God running away. And he hides under a small thicket. And the Bible says in verses 11. 
The Lord comes to visit him. May the Lord visit you today and minister to you hope. For hope does not disappoint. The Lord comes and tells him, go out. He tells him at this point of discouragement, at this point of despair, the Lord tells his prophet, 